Welcome to Grace in the Shadows. This is Dr. Marla Beeler and Dr. J. Dr. Jonathan Beeler. All right. Hello. Hello. It's hello. a weekend for us. We had some good football games on. Well, yeah. And weekend. we've had some good coffee. Good coffee. I'm like, we're both, I think we had a bit too much yeah. coffee because we're really chattery. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good thing for the podcast, definitely. All right. And we'd like to shout out to Gardendale, Alabama. Gardendale. Right, Alabama. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for downloading. Please make sure you download. Also, we would love to hear from you if you have any uh, recommendations for the show, any suggestions. If you have prayer requests, yes. definitely reach out to us. Dr. Jonathan at graceintheshadowsor.org. We do have a website, graceintheshadowsor.org. And we have a phone where you can call or text, 251-244-4645. Also, if you're looking for a counselor, please mm-hmm. reach out yes. to Dr. J because he's pretty amazing. And we're Yes. Partnering with the Covenant Eyes. Yes, we are an affiliate of Covenant yes. Eyes, and we're so excited. Covenant Eyes, explain that what that is real Covenant quick. Covenant Eyes, porn blocker. Mm-hmm. Uh, it blocks inappropriate material Yes. Uh, for individuals struggling with that, yes. or uh, maybe you have children, adolescents. Teenagers. Yeah. Yes. Uh, experimentation, all that stuff, which right. is not very good. Uh, no. The mind, the soul, and the heart. Definitely not. Uh, so highly recommended. I have many clients that mm-hmm. have... Uh, have that, mm-hmm. and uh, it has helped them tremendously. And you can put it on the computer, you can put it on your phone, iPad, yeah. all kind of things. And if yeah. you use the promo code GRACE1998. And 90 days free. Well, not 90 days, 30 days. 30 days. Wow. They're going to fire me. They're going to fire me. 30 days free. So definitely check them out. Okay. We do have a link in our show notes that you can go to. Also, check out our Etsy store, Shadows of Grace. We do have some Grace in the Shadows merchandise along with other things. Um, so yeah, check coffee mugs, yes, t-shirts, yeah, sweatshirts, definitely. So definitely, I've said definitely like five times. Check those things out. We would appreciate it if you would. So, do you have some weird facts today? Weird facts: sixty tons of cosmic dust fall to the earth daily. Is that why my house is so dirty? That's why I'm coughing. (laughs) (laughs) Cosmic dust sounds it sounds magical, but chances are we've all inhaled it. Oh, a good amount of dust. Okay. Uh, meteorite, comets, uh-huh. solar bodies fall to Earth, tiny particles just kind of zip. And they come into our house yes. and we have to sweep them and wipe them up. Yes. <laughs> All right. What else you got? The ocean holds $771 trillion worth of gold. <gasps> Unfortunately, probably none of us can get to it. Oh, why? Of the location. Oh, yeah. so we can't go panning for gold in the ocean and getting things. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably to, really low, really in probably the really deep, deep, deep dark. It's very depths. sad. Very sad. Well, that's pretty cool we though. We could use that for missions. We could. Yeah. We could have several. Oh my God. Well, and and just to share, we would like to eventually. Actually, you can partner with us um, on our podcast now. You can mm-hmm. be a partner. You can sign up to support, and we're going to start saving that money. For our mission someday, reaching yes. out to pastors and missionaries, giving them a place to stay when they're burned out, ministering to them. So, I, you know, I forgot about that. So des- yes. definitely, if you want to partner with us, that is also in the show notes. And, and, and anything that we're getting as far as monetary mm-hmm. is, is is directly, indirectly going for the mm-hmm. glory of God yes, and the is. mission. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Uh, so we're starting a little... Fun's very small, but we're starting a little very small, but we're doing it. <laughs> for okay. that. So definitely um, think about that. So you have another one? The greatest vertical drop is in Canada. Okay. If you're looking for a 
steep cliff. Okay. You'll find it in Canada's Baffin Island. Oh. Uh, it is at the northern part of it. It's 4,000-foot rock. Faces prove daunting for climbers. It is, uh, yeah, for, one time a four-man team finally succeeded. It took them 33 days to get there. You want to go? <laughs> I, I'm scared of heights. Oh, no, I'm, I'm just very scared I shouldn't of heights. teach you. I shouldn't teach you. But, um, yeah. The hottest spot in the world is in California. Oh, well, yeah, I can it, see that. It's it in is. the desert? It is, core temperature, 136 degrees Fahrenheit, 1922, no, no. Death Valley. No. Oh, yes, Death Valley. I don't think I would want to go there. So no. Death Valley, if you're able to live there, that is amazing. But I don't think I could handle that. 134 degrees, you could cook eggs, fry eggs. Well, yeah, make cookies, all yeah. kind of stuff out there on the sidewalk. All right. So what? Oh, we're having our time. Last time we talked about Jacob. Yeah. And we said this time we were going to continue on our Bible character uh uh, series. Jacobed. Moses. Well, Moses. Moses. Yeah. Not Moses. But Jacobed was his mom. His mama. Yes. His mama. All right. So tell us about, let's start and talk about Moses today. Well, we're, we're talking about Moses. His name means uh, taken from the water. Ah. And uh, Moses is a very unique individual. Mm-hmm. Um, he was used in a mighty way. Yes, he It's was. really neat how God tends to use very uh, stressful times, mm-hmm. traumatic times. Mm-hmm. And uh, he tends to take the most inopportune or logical ways to bring about a, a prophet or mm-hmm. the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times it's, uh, you know, maybe a person who's having trouble having a baby, the woman is having trouble having a baby, mm-hmm. or it was a, during a time when, babies were being killed like in Moses' time. Right. And he also will take people that were not the strongest mm-hmm. or or what we would term as the best uh, to represent him. He also, he, he most often chose the underdog. And I really want to start off kind of with Moses' mother. Okay. Jacobet? Jacobet. Jacobet? She was, um, she had to be something special. Absolutely. She had to be. Yeah. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln said, no man is poor who has a godly mother. That is very true. You know, I was blessed with a very godly mother. She did die in 1996, miss her every day, but she definitely set me on the right path with the help of God. So I totally agree with that. St. Augustine, the great religious leader, had a mother named Monica. Mm. And it was her prayers that ultimately would lead her, uh, Augustine mm-hmm. to the Lord. Amen. Yeah. And, you know, there is something to be said about a praying mama, a mama that prays for her kids. And, you know, I know we have we've prayed for ours and uh, just so thankful for them. And just if you are a mom and you're listening today, whether you have babies, toddlers, if you're an empty nester, pray for those children because a mother's prayers. Not that everybody else's prayers are not powerful, but you just see the heart of God in a mom's prayers. Yeah. So Moses would be just enshrined. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> he would be only next to Abraham as he's mm-hmm. one of the he's one of the most important, well-known figures yes. within the Judaism. Well, yeah. And, and a lot of people that don't know the Bible have heard of Moses and know who he is. Yep. So that's pretty cool. And so it's a very unique story mm-hmm. uh, that uh, Jacob's name literally means the Lord is my glory. I love that. The Lord is my glory. Amen. 
And she she would have this child in a very weird, weird, and very chaotic, traumatic time. She did. Uh, I want to turn there in scripture. Okay. Um, if I can. Uh, While you're turning there. Yeah. Are you there? So. Okay. <clears throat> let's look here. And. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Go ahead and start here. Okay. Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them, or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, we'll join our enemies, fight against us, and leave the country. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor, and they built... Pithon and Ramses, Ramses <coughs> as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and worked them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with harsh labor and brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. In, the, in all their harsh labor, the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shepara, Shep, Shepra and Pua, when you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, fear God. Amen. And did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? And the midwives answered Pharaoh. Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. So God was kind to the midwives and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gained the families of their own. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all the people. Every Hebrew boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. You know, before you start, some people would say, oh, they lied, but they were following God. Mm-hmm. And when the rules of the land go against God, we follow God. Yes. So. Yes. Uh, you know, um, I do believe when you look at even people will even say Rahab yeah. was kind of righteous because yeah. she lied and and saved the mm-hmm. Hebrew spies. She was going for God because yeah. the people of the land were against God. It wasn't that God was actually approving a lot. No, God doesn't It was realize. behind the heart of it. Yes. That they were protecting the, the children of God. Absolutely. Yeah. And he protected the midwives because of it. And boys became men because of them following God. So a a Pharaoh mm-hmm. that did not know Joseph. Right. You know, they had been there for 430 years in Egypt yes. as slaves. Yes, if you haven't listened to the Joseph podcast, go back and listen to that so you'll know what we're talking about. Joseph, well, he was a well-known, like the vice president of Egypt. Well, yeah, God moved in him and his life situation to put him in a leadership role. To save his people. Yeah, so this must be quite a while after that because his influence would have been in the Egyptian land for a long time. And God prophesied that they would be in Egypt for 430 years. He did. He did. And we see here that as he, this, this wicked, wicked king, mm-hmm. Pharaoh, he becomes intimidated by all the Hebrews. Yeah. 
And so he goes to attack the babies. Yeah, because he knows if he gets the baby boys, it's going to hopefully die out the people. And what were midwives? Midwives were people that, well, we have midwives today. Mm -hmm. They were people that help in the birthing of a child. And they were kind of like nurses. Yeah, they were like nurses, definitely. Definitely. And a lot of midwives have um, studied nursing to be Mm -hmm. able to to help mothers um, have the babies. And so basically Pharaoh was going... He, you know, Satan has always tried mm-hmm. to kill babies. Yeah, yeah, he and has. kill innocent life. Yes, he has. I mean, we'll see. And yeah. and when Jesus was born, same thing was going on. Yes, yes. And uh, <clears throat> well, he's doing it here. He is too. Yeah, because I think Satan had an inkling that something was 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 coming back coming down. Absolutely. Well, like yesterday was the March Right to Life March. Yes. In Washington D.C. So, you know, we still stand for the unborn, which is stand for life. Yes, we stand for life. Not standing for death. No, definitely not. So, um, yeah. And so basically he tells the midwife, these nurses, Mm -hmm. kill all the baby boys, throw them in the Nile River, all the crocodiles. Man, they had some big ones. Well, the Nile River, yeah, it was full of crocodiles, definitely. And um, so that's why he wanted them thrown in because he knew that they would die. Uh, drown or unfortunately be eaten. But what's so funny is like God has a sense of humor. You know, the man I said, well, you know, we can't get to the Israelite women because they just have those babies. Woo, they're, they have them. We don't even get there. Yeah. And so basically they were saying that the Israelite women <laughs> were better than the Egyptian women. Yes. Because yeah. they didn't need to have a midwife there to birth their baby. So that was kind of funny. That is funny. Yep. Yeah. And well, then he confronts the midwives. And yes. what do they say? And they say, well, these women... They are not like the Egyptian women. They're yeah. vigorous, give birth before the midwives arrive. So they're basically saying we weren't there to see if it was a girl or a boy, so we couldn't kill the baby. And Hebrews are different than <laughs> you pagans. Yeah, they're stronger than you. We fear God. Yeah. yeah. They fear God. That's basically what they were saying without yeah. saying it, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I think I think the application here for us uh-huh. Is we need to fear God more than we fear man. Absolutely. Or fear people. Absolutely. And we do. And we do sometimes in our lives and our, our jobs, things like that. We have to take a, a, a firm stand for God. And uh, sometimes we may lose that job, but, you know, God will still take care of us. So there was a distraction. <clears throat> Jacobet is, 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 is with child. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's pregnant yes. here in, in chapter two of Exodus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so go ahead and read one, chapter 2, 1 through 10. Okay. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child into it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. 
She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. I love this part of the story. I love it. So here you have a distraction. Yeah. Uh, Jacobad is pregnant. Mm -hmm. Uh, She could have just said, I'm going to give this baby up. I can't have it. Right. He may cause conflict, this Mm -hmm. baby, but she kept this baby. Well, and what's so cool is, you know, this this little this section has so many good things. Um, you know, she kept he didn't cry. And that's a miracle. And he was a beautiful baby. Yeah. Babies really aren't beautiful when you look at them. Well, no, my, ours are. Ours were. And my dad always makes the story and says I was a pretty little oh, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I love hearing that. But anyway. I was an ugly baby. You were not. I had a bald head. A well, bald head. I had a bald head, too. I did. Yes. But anyway, so he, the baby did not cry. And that's a miracle in itself because we all know newborns cry. Our daughter cried a lot. Mm. Our son only cried when he was hungry, but he was hungry a lot too. But anyway, so the baby didn't cry. But when it got to the point where she could not keep him from crying, she put him in a basket and had Miriam go watch over him. And what's so cool is she gave her child up, not knowing what was going to happen. Not knowing who would end up taking that baby, but God gave Moses back to her a second time. When you look at this. So cool. I love it. No matter how good of a baby and beautiful he was. Right. Three months with a yeah. baby is going to be hard. Yeah. Try try doing that. Don't cry, honey. I cannot you'll, imagine. You'll get the Egyptian guard soldiers. Right. Teaching. And then they start, you know, they start babbling and things like that. You know, making their own noises. Arrow, right. arrow smells. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got back there? Right. So she had to basically give him up. But I love how God gave him back to her. And, during, and paid her for it. Well, yeah, she got paid for it. Yeah. And during this time, uh, you know, children were nursed to a to an older age. And I know there's some people that will nurse their child, yeah. you know, today, which, you know, I, I was not able to nurse, unfortunately. But um, I think it's great when you can. And I just uh, think this is wonderful. So when she gave the baby back, Moses was older. And so she was able to spend probably about four or five years with him until she gave him back um, when she didn't know if she would or not. And he could have died. And it's just such a miracle that he gave him back. Well, well, you know, and he had some siblings. Yeah. Miriam was about 15. Aaron was uh, about three. Yeah. So he had an older brother and an older, much older sister. It's kind of funny to picture this. Miriam, 15. I love my baby brother. Uh Uh-huh. They put him in this ark. Yeah. Kind of like the uh, miniature ark Mm -hmm. of Noah. Yep. And he's going in alligator-infested waters, Ooh, yeah, floating. And, and Miriam's like walking, running yeah. down, like you can see her head popped up, <laughs> bobbing along. Little brother, baby yeah. brother, making sure, yeah, yeah, all the way to the pool of the princess, the daughters of Pharaoh. And that wasn't a mistake. God put that baby, his sovereignty, yeah, right where that baby needed to be for Pharaoh's daughter to see. Moses, and then for her basically to become his mother later on, and him to be raised in a palace. We have to learn to trust. Mm-hmm. I think as parents, yes, sending our kids out to an alligator, crocodile infested oh, world, it's scary. That's trying to draw them away from God. Well, and and it really is scary because you know 
you make the choice. Am I going to homeschool? Am I going to send them to public school? Am I going to send them to Christian school? And everybody has a reason for everything. And we did a little bit of all. Um, and, and you know that wherever they're going to go out into the world, they're going to face conflict. They're going to face problems. Crocodiles. Right. They're going to face them, mm-hmm. whether it's public, Christian, or even homeschooled, they're still going to encounter things. Um, and so you just have to trust that God will watch over them and use everything in their lives to draw them to him. So, you know, our children today, especially with all the social media and all the things that are out there, are definitely in crocodile infested waters. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've got pornography. We've mm-hmm. got people teaching say it's, that it's fact. Oh, yes. Yes. All from a worm. That and you are God. You can that be God. we are God. There's no right. absolute truth. No. Mm-hmm. And our kids are just infiltrated. And drugs and alcohol and all that is so much easier to get. Pornography, like we talked about earlier, is so easy for them to see. Um, there, it's not simply in magazines that are hidden by, you know, cardboard. So our children are facing so much today. That's why those prayers of the mother and the father, of course, are so important for our children because there's so much danger out there for them. You know what? We're not going to finish Moses today. I think we are. You think we are? We have like just a few minutes. No, not a, just this child. Just oh, this part. yeah. We're not going to do part. the whole thing. Okay. We're not going to do the whole thing. No, I'm like looking at our Moses, time is going. Be, <laughs> Moses is going to be in parts. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Okay. So when you look at this, uh, probably about five parts, five or six parts. Probably so. When we look at this, you know, we see that we know she and her, she was praying for Moses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and we see God's sovereignty bring Moses to Pharaoh's daughter. Yes. And no one, no woman is going to look at a crying baby and, and, and be angry at it. No, I mean, there may be one or two out there, but most women, they hear a baby crying and their heart melts. And that's what happened. And she took it. Yeah. She took the baby. Yes. And she would end up rearing, raising Moses, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. training him in the best schools. Right. And, uh, but as you mentioned, Miriam's right there. Shall I go get a Hebrew? <laughs> and that was God's that purpose. That was quick on the draw, that too. That was God's plan. Amazing. Amazing. And not only did she get Moses for several more years, yeah. but she got paid for it, like you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. She sure did. And his name, which he was named before he was seen by Pharaoh's daughter, right. Moses, drawn out of the river. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And she, what do you think she did through those years, those formative oh. years? I am sure she sang songs to him about God. I'm sure she told him stories about God. Um, I, I know that she infiltrated with him. She prayed over him. She prayed with him. Mm-hmm. She taught him to pray, I'm sure. Um, and, you know, because when, when children, are, they just soak those things up. Um, and, you know, as an adult, we'll remember things that we learned in our formative years and not even realize that it was during those years that we learned them. So she had him for those formative years telling him all about God and how wonderful he was. And another thing is when, when, when Pharaoh's uh, daughter drew Moses out of the water, mm-hmm. she looked up, she knew he was a Hebrew baby. Mm-hmm. She also knew that her father had wanted to kill them, but she looked on him and, and God touched her heart. Changed her heart. 
changed her heart. So she didn't have him killed. She had him cared for and then later on brought to Pharaoh's palace. And, and we know that the Egyptians yeah. had gods, all kinds of gods. All kinds of gods. They, she mm-hmm. probably believed he came from the gods. She probably yeah. did. She's like, oh, this baby just floated up to me. One of my gods sent this, but it was the one true God that mm-hmm. sent the baby. So, you know, after several years mm-hmm. of teaching no- Moses, mm-hmm. You know, when Moses was in college and he was being taught that he evolved from some white worm, <laughs> he'll remember Genesis chapter two. Yes. That he was fearful, that he was creating the image of God. Yeah. Uh, when he's being told there's no absolute truth, he'll remember the the, the Torah mm-hmm. or he'll remember the word. Right. He'll remember that uh, God's word is absolute truth. Yes. When he was being tempted, he'll remember um He'll remember the things taught to him mm-hmm. on how to act and how he was different mm-hmm. from the pagans. And that no temptation, God can overcome all temptation. And, and that's when, you know, for 40 years, Moses would probably drift away a little bit. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But later come back, and we'll get to that next time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but I think Moses is a perfect example of training your children in the faith. Mm-hmm. So when they get old, they will return to it. Yes. Because you you set a foundation. Absolutely. And you've made that foundation strong on the word of God. Definitely. So make sure that you are praying for your children every day. Make sure that you are teaching them about God, that you're teaching them God's word, that you're having them memorize scripture um, and, and that you're teaching them to pray and love God. And also that you're teaching them that God can take your mess, even if you're in a river of crocodiles and turn to a <laughs> message for his glory, for your good. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.